Today is day 18 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. My name is Bob Grove. I serve as one of the elders, and my wife Connie and I volunteer in student ministries. I'm passionate about faithfully shepherding Fellowship Church and about training and encouraging the next generations who will shepherd here and around the world. Today's scripture passage is from the book of Micah and focuses on justice, mercy, and humility. A prophet from a small agricultural town to the southwest of Jerusalem, Micah's job was to call God's people to listen to God's word. In the first chapter of Micah, the prophet writes, Hear you peoples, all of you, and repeatedly calls God's people to listen to what the Lord says, emphasizing that now is the time to pay attention. Throughout the book, Micah addresses the cities of Jerusalem and Samaria. Their leaders practiced and tolerated false teaching that led to a false understanding of God's character, resulting in injustice. The poor were exploited, women and children mistreated, and unjust business practices were rampant. Micah's prophecy promises a future kingdom where nations live in peace and security and where God's people are fully restored, reconciled with each other and with God. In the sixth chapter, Micah asks God a question in verses six and seven. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000s of rivers of oil? Will I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Listen to God's response in verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. God's response to Micah is his response to you and me as well, to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. As you listened to this passage, which part stands out most? Justice, mercy, or humility? Is there something you sense the Father pressing on your heart? Let's spend a moment looking closer at each of these three traits. First, justice. To be biblically righteous is to be biblically just. These two ideas are inseparable. In our call to justice, we are to stand for the vulnerable, the abused and mistreated, the exploited and excluded, the needy and scorned. While injustice violates the imago Deo, or the image of God, in others, justice preserves it. Second, mercy. To love mercy is to show chesed, or covenant faithfulness, to one another. We see in Micah 7 that God delights to show covenant faithfulness 
And out of his great mercy towards us, we can show mercy to others. The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote, Once a man has truly experienced the mercy of God in his life, he will henceforth aspire only to serve. Finally, walk humbly. The life of Jesus profoundly illustrates humility. In Philippians 2.8, we read that Christ humbled or emptied himself and became obedient to death. In giving his life for our salvation, we have a model for what it means to walk humbly with God. Listen as I read the passage one more time. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Will you choose to consecrate yourself anew to justice, mercy, and humility, to walk the path commanded by God? If so, I invite you to receive this prayer from Douglas McKelvey. Christ our King, our world is overtaken by unexpected calamity and by a host of attending fears, worries, and insecurities. We witness suffering, confusion, and hardship multiplied around us, and we find ourselves swept up in these same anxieties and troubles, dismayed by so many uncertainties. Now we turn to you, O God, in this season of our common distress. Be merciful, O Christ, to those who suffer, to those who worry, to those who grieve, to those who are threatened or harmed in any way by this upheaval. Let your holy compassions be active throughout the world, even now, tending the afflicted, comforting the brokenhearted, and bringing hope to many who are hopeless. Use even these hardships to woo our hearts nearer to you, O God. Indeed, O Father, may these days of disquiet become a catalyst for conviction and repentance, for the tendering of our affections, for the stirring of our sympathies, and for the refining of our love. We are your people who are called by you. We need not be troubled or alarmed. Indeed, O Lord, let us love now more fearlessly, remembering that you created us and appointed us to live in these very places in the midst of these unsettled times. It is no surprise to you that we're here now, sharing in this turmoil along with the rest of our society, for you have called your children to live as salt and light among the nations, 
praying and laboring for the flourishing of the communities where we dwell, acting as agents of your forgiveness, salvation, healing, reconciliation, and hope in the very midst of an often troubled world. And in these holy vocations, you have not left us helpless, O Lord, because you have not left us at all. Your spirit remains among us. Inhabit now your church, O Spirit of the risen Christ. Unite and equip your people for the work before them. Let us be willing to share in your suffering, serving as your visible witnesses in this broken world. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.